0: Welcome to Define You Radio. Class is in session with your host, the Southern Bell of Bold, Valencia Gr- no, i Life Work to you. Learn the life lessons and strategies to define your life, money, and business. Pins and papers ready. Class is now in session. Welcome to Define You Radio Classes and Session, where you get the tips, strategies, and life lessons from those who have defined their life. I'm your host, the Southern Vale of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace. And you could tell it is a couple of days out until the holiday because technical difficulties that I never have, well I'm not gonna say never, we all have some technical difficulties sometimes. So it's so interesting. So, um, guys, I hope you guys are ready for Thanksgiving if you celebrate the holiday. If not, definitely make sure you are connected to Define You Radio and Define You Movement on Facebook so you can see all my holiday fun. I'm actually cooking, which a lot of people don't believe I cook. So let me tell you, I am the Southern Belle of Bold. I'm Southern. That's the key uh, word in that sentence. Southern. So that means, yes, I do cook, but no, I don't like to cook. But it's a holiday, so yeah, I'll be doing up a little magic in my kitchen. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We are on our monthly series, Taking Risk and Doing the Unexpected, and we are joined by Dr. Shakina Moore of B2F Girls Worldwide. And we are talking fierce, as in unexpectedly fierce. If you guys have seen her picture, you know she's a, a very beautiful young lady. But guess what? She's also fierce. So pens and papers ready. Classes in session with Dr. Shakina. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: So, uh, are, do you have big Thanksgiving plans? Yes, as a matter of a fact,
1: my sisters and I, we don't live too far from each other. We're all cooking different things. I have the collard greens going in the crock pot right now. Oh. <laughs> and uh, we're all coming together at uh, my parents' house, and we're,
0: of course, doing our traditional feast. Can't wait. Okay, are y'all doing uh, something tomorrow or something Thursday?
1: Definitely Thursday. Nothing tomorrow. Okay. We're just gonna be prepping up in the kitchen and I, I personally like to cook. I heard you say you don't like to cook. But I love to cook. I cook almost every day. Um but I am yeah. so excited.
0: But you're in options. the south too, right? You're in uh in Georgia, right? Yes, ATL. It is too hot to cook when you are in the south. That's the thing I always say. It's it's like it's too hot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know
0: what? I took in my AC, so I'm good. <laughs> Goodness. Well, hopefully neither my son nor my husband is listening to this show because that is the excuse I always say. Um, it's just I don't know. I could have the air on 60, windows open, a fan, uh What it? it, I just can't. I don't know. I didn't, I love the smell of food and I definitely love to eat and I can cook. That's the thing. I can cook. I just, to me, I'm like, why? Everybody's grown in this. (laughs) So you never know. I might, I've done more cooking this year though than I have in previous years, but they know not to get, um, you know, get comfortable with that because I'm just, I don't know. That's all I can say about that. So, Dr. Shakina, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about you? Uh, Sure.
1: So, my name is Dr. Shakina Farmore, and my life's work has focused on the advancement of of women and girls. And so, a lot of what I do centers around uh, those two groups, women, girls. I have a movement called Blot of Fierce. I have another movement called Fierce the Formidable. And both of those movements empower women and girls around the country to move from mediocre to uh, powerful, dominant, fearless, and fierce. And so I'm just really excited to have been able to have moved into the Atlanta market about five years ago now. Wow, I can't believe it's been five years. And to have just been embraced since moving here, I have um, been able to launch several more businesses um, than I had when I arrived. And in the, in the number of years I've been here has been amazing to just see the growth that uh, God has allowed. Um, I, ha- I am the CEO and founder of um, Literacy Mobile Publishing. Um, my husband and I, we also run – um, black Reigns Magazine, the first and only black cowboy magazine in the Southeast. Um, I run Intercontinental Coaching Institute, where I um, certify and accredit other women's coaching academies and empower them to launch um, their coaching academies in their own cities, respectively. And um, I run a nonprofit called B2F Girls Worldwide, as you mentioned, which is my baby. And they're, uh, we're a gender empowerment incubator. And so we offer comprehensive certification and accreditation, um, as well as advocacy initiatives, campaigns, and events. One of my signature events is ZoomCon, uh, where we invite uh, youth, girls, and those who work with them um, to be empowered. We had our first one this past year. It was amazing. But besides all the stuff, (laughs) I am a mom. I have two amazing sons, 10 and 6. And I am really excited about all that um, they're doing. And my husband, as I mentioned before, he is um, a big support in my Fierce and Formidable movement. Um, I've actually uh, dropped 62 pounds since June. And so that's been a whole whirlwind lately uh, in and of itself. Um, But I'm just excited about empowering women to move to new levels and to um, execute their visions. Um, their purpose, unapologetically, what I call fierce.
0: Awesome! You sound like a very busy lady, and with the ten and six-year-old, I'm pretty sure you have to cook. <laughs> My son is twenty, <laughs> so you know. So, like, I'm like, I've cooked for like 18 years. I'm so when when they get older, just remember this very conversation. 'Cause I you know, to see <laughs> the after, after putting in that much time cooking and boys, you know, eat a lot. There's they no really muscle. do.
1: They really do. The funny thing is, I've always loved to cook, even I was I've been married. I was married six years before we ever had kids and I always loved to cook. But I mostly do it for me, uh, not really for them. They I think they just benefit from it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> they just benefit.
0: They just benefit. Uh, well, that's that's good. You're, apparently, your house is the is the house that you know when your kids get older and married and have kids of their own. You know, they know where to go for Thanksgiving. I don't know. Yes. I'm I'm working on that. We're gonna see what kind of goals I come up with for 2018. Uh, but like I said, I hope neither my son nor my husband. Nor my family is listening to this live because, yeah, I'm not this year, guys. Not this year. (laughs) So I want to touch on a few things you talked about. And I know we have so many uh, different things. Number one, I love Atlanta, and I and I've met so many people from Atlanta, and I actually lived in Marietta, and got pregnant, had my son. I was like, oh, no, I need to go home because it was too healy, too much traffic. It was too fast for me at that time. I just, I wasn't ready for it, but it's definitely the place to be for women in business. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. Again, as I said,
0: <laughs> my
1: business just
0: took off. Um, been on steroids since
1: I moved to Atlanta. I actually came from Raleigh, North Carolina, which was a lot more conservative and it's a lot slower, um, in my mm-hmm. opinion, but came here and the environment is just conducive uh, for growth. And, and you don't get caught. You don't have an opportunity to get comfortable, I would say, because everyone's doing their thing. And so when you're in that environment and people are doing their thing, it empowers you to get on board or get left behind.
0: Right, right, right. And then I'm sure it's like a lot of connections and a lot of, you know, when you connect with the right people, y'all can pull on each other's resources. It's not so much we're competing because there's so much room for growth in Atlanta. So that's... Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, when I, went to I mean, York, it, has, I it has its clicks. It
1: has its clicks, but... <laughs> right. I
0: guess that's anywhere. Hmm. Right, right. Interesting. So one of the things that uh, you said is the Opening when you were doing your bio, uh, you mentioned the word like mediocre, and I think you said to help women go from being mediocre. If I'm, I may be misquoting you a, a little bit, but what exactly would you say is mediocre?
1: Well, a lot of times women are just in this stuck place uh, where they've achieved a level of success because most of the women I coach, they're actually in powerful places. So from the outside looking in, it's like, wow, but you already had it going on. You're, you know, you've achieved this, accomplished this, accomplished that. Um, but what I find a lot of times is that uh, women have drive, but they they don't have confidence. Um, and so they find themselves in this stuck place where, you know, their drive has gotten them to a certain point, but now that it's time to matriculate into that next area, that next realm, they find themselves stuck, reluctant. And, and they need someone to, who can come in and reignite the power that already resides within. And so mm. that mediocre that I'm referring to is that stuck place where, yeah, you've achieved a level of success, but there are levels, and you have to move from faith to faith to faith, and you can't do that staying stagnant. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Do you think it's um, not just about being stuck but also being in a safe place? You know what I'm saying? A lot of people like, like, like they want to do more, but it's safe in the area I already know. Absolutely. I mean, being comfortable
1: is what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to have to, you know, because you're going to have to go through some things. You know, we make it sound easy on the surface, but when you're in it, you're like, man, if I had known I was going to have to go through this, 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 and this. <laughs> I never, it's just like pregnancy, I never, never, never. <laughs> if you have shown me the end and what I was going to have to go through at the at the end, I never would have gone through the process. But when I get on the other side of birthing forth, that vision, man, it's empowering. Man, I feel like I, I, I mean, I feel so strong as a woman. After I gave birth to both of my children, <laughs> I felt strong. I said, I looked back and said, wow, I did that. But see, if you right. had shown me the end, I never would have gone through the process.
0: Understood, and and like I'm just reliving my whole birthing birthing experience from when I had my son, and he'll be 21 here shortly. But um I had a very easy pregnancy, and they always say boys are easy. They say being pregnant uh-huh. with boys are easy. I don't know because uh-huh. all I have is boys. <laughs> just that one. Uh, but that part of pushing that baby out, and that's very true even in business even in upping your confidence level it, it's easy to a certain point but then when it's really time to like really go for it it's like you know what you get to to debate in your whole life like what did i do nine months ago to deserve this <laughs> right right so let's um show fierce a lot of times um women, they want to be fierce, but they don't want to say it out loud, you know what I'm saying? Um, Because if you hear a word like fierce and and, um, other words similar to that or whatever, women tend to feel like maybe that's a cocky word, so to speak. I mean, I personally love it. You know, I want to be fierce and fabulous and all of the above. But, you know, it can be taken as a little – almost cocky word. What are your thoughts on that? Well, nothing to be
1: further from the truth. Fierce is not about being cocky or arrogant. It's about owning who you are. You know, God says that we are, we are, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so this is about having being a woman of passion. This is about commanding uh, your purpose. This is about being liberated to move and operate and attract the freedom you desire. That's fierce. And so when I walk into a room, I'm fierce. When I put this product out, I'm fierce. When I show up on the show, I'm fierce. And I can be as laid back as I want to be, but there's something about when I operate in my purpose, which is fierce, (laughs) that I come outside of myself. And so being fierce has nothing to do with cockiness, but has everything to do with owning your power.
0: I love that. I love that. What exactly is a... Gender and social justice advocate.
1: <laughs> so, okay, that's a great question. I actually, growing up, I had a lot of um, challenges and issues um, with um, some of the things I saw, some of the things I experienced being a female. Um, now, we could talk later about later about adding the black on top of the being a female because that's right. a whole other layer, right? <laughs> But right. I, I had a lot of experiences in my past that I feel strongly led me down this path. And so even at a teen, at the age of, age of, I think I was 15, Lord Jesus, I can't even remember, um, 14, 15, <laughs> I was writing and I was journaling about some of the things that frustrated me. Um, being a female you know some of the stereotypical things you know you mentioned cooking you know sometimes I used to not like to cook because I used to feel it was stereotypical because I felt it was um, assigning a role assigning a role to me simply because I was a female right. that I was expected to do certain things and you would never question my having done this or that um, in the way I did it or the way I said it and or the way I wore it if I were a man <laughs> or if I were a boy. And so some of the things that bother me, I would, I would just write about them, right? And so really today I, I do believe that I was led in the direction of um, being a gender advocate, which simply means that I advocate for uh, females. <laughs> I advocate for females, and I, I, I am very against gender oppression and, and disempowerment. And so even in high school, as a high school student, I wrote a piece called uh, Blocking Out the Gender Gap. And this particular piece garnered a lot of um, attention. At the time, I was living, living in Belgium. And, um, but it, I won a National Press for Women Award in high school um, by just voicing my opinion. And from that point, I think I've just felt liberated and empowered to continue that, um, on that path. And so I do everything really to inspire the little girl in me, um, to to make that little girl proud. So as a young girl, I was very introverted, very withdrawn, never trusted my voice. I had to actually learn how to be seen. And so um, every time an opportunity came, come, I would shun it. And I would let people make me feel small, like my opinions didn't matter. And really my self-esteem was just in a low place. And so they always say that your pain <laughs> is normally um, – your purpose. And for me, that's very true. Um, so as my confidence grew and I began to become more of a, um, a confident woman and I began to realize I had influence over others, um, I moved more into the direction of my purpose. And so now I'm just showing women how to be magnetic (laughs) and I'm empowering women to empower girls and equipping them and training them. And so very fulfilling, but yeah, that in a nutshell, that's what, Um, gender uh, advocacy is all about, and it's why I chose to go into
0: this lane and own it. Good answer, and my next question would be, um, what would be the difference, or do you see a difference between a gender advocate and a feminist? Well,
1: Slightly, yes, I do.
0: Whereas I do believe you can wear
1: both hats, um, they differ in that a feminist is, that can take on so many different forms as far as like your action, your output, you know, um, how you translate that in your world and in your environment. Um, Because you could have, you know, you could be a feminist and have beliefs that just play out in how you carry yourself at work. Or you can have those beliefs and it just carries out in, you know, just how you conduct your life. I mean, in general, um, or if you go so far as you're writing books about it, you're you know, you're being vocal um, at, you know, uh, rallies and in the community on platforms. Um, but then, when you think about gender advocacy, that means you are taking a a, a stand that is out loud. Um, this is not mm. something that you're living quietly. This is something that um, you're being not only vocal about. But it, it it's your it's your it's like your life's work, um, and so you're campaigning. You are uh, pushing initiatives. Um, you have ties with politicians. You are producing your own in initiatives, even. And so um, it's just more of an out loud, um, not hidden, uh, covert <laughs> type of um, lane to be in, where again feminism is you I mean you pretty much you can you can go from either side of the spectrum where you're um uh, very vocal to where you're just very subdued and um under the radar
0: agreed agreed because if you think about an an advocate they're active um and i asked about that just listening to you know what you were saying about um being a gender gender advocate and you know women empowering women and ev- women and everything and it just seems like everybody um i see people with their with feminist shirts and their feminist posts and you know all of the above um i'm a woman of course. (laughs) And I do believe in women's empowerment and the power in empowerment. I think women have, uh, I know women have more power than we realize over everything. We just, you know, don't know how to use it because, you know, those are my feelings about it. Um, However, I am Southern. So I would not consider myself a feminist, but I do believe that women should have equal rights. However, when it comes to home, I'm very much, um, you know, the men take out the trash and, you know, I I keep the house, even though I have businesses to run. So I was like, I couldn't be a feminist because I'm still like old school Southern. So that's um, extra interesting. I've always wanted to ask somebody that, like, you know, what do you what do you think a feminist is? Because honestly, I think a lot of people that claim that title and wear the shirt um, didn't even know what a feminist was until Beyonce put it in the song, and that's just my opinion. Uh, then all of a sudden, it became like the hot word, uh, the hot thing to be. Um, so, mm, you never know. Well, where the I
1: mean. <laughs> Well, you know, there are different types of feminism, and I think that's where a lot of confusion comes into play because, you, of mm-hmm. course, you're, you're always going to have a radical sex of anything, right, of any ideology, of any school uh, of thought. And so when you think about feminism, you have your radical feminism, and I think uh, radical feminism sometimes turns women, uh, more traditional women, off. And so I think that's why you you probably have this um, this clash sometimes because, you know, feminism can be very general. When you think about feminism from a global viewpoint, it's simply the belief that men and women deserve equality in all opportunities, treatment, uh, social rights, respect. <laughs> and so when you, when you keep it to the bare bones uh, meanings of feminism, um, you can embrace it. I mean, even I always say men should be feminists.
0: <laughs> because when
1: women, win, when women win, everybody wins. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sure you know you're making more money. Helps the entire household. That's helping your husband. So, I mean, feminism is for everybody. But then you have again those other types of feminism. So, you know, you could be a, a radical feminist, <laughs> you know, where you're you're pretty much, you know, you're so immersed in this whole sexism thing, and it's so deeply rooted that you feel that the only, you know, the only a uh, way to eradicate it is to um, just eliminate the 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 idea of of male and female all together. So you no longer want there to be any separation of man, woman, female, male. That's pretty <laughs> radical. And so, right. I think some people can't get down with that. Um, but then you may have um, other types of feminism like um, think about the social feminists. You know they're they're less extreme. They're not as extreme as the the radical um but they basically focus on capitalism and the way that women women and power and money um uh, work together and how women get right. more opportunities resources etc. so and then the most common person that i run into in my field is the um the cultural feminist. So they just talk about, you know, how women are being hurt, but society overall is being hurt because of masculinity. And so it just encourages, you know, more feminine behavior. And so, I mean, it all depends on where you fit in. But, I mean, I, I believe most women are feminists, honestly. Hmm. They just don't
0: know it because, the, because people get confused with the term. Interesting. That's a whole other show. And I would definitely have to do um, <clears throat> research on the topic. It's just, to me, it's like such a hard word. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but I'm very much about um, words and how they sound and how they make me feel and other people feel. And when I hear the word feminist, I'm thinking, uh, you know, of course, back in the day when the movement originally started, you know, uh, but I'm like, I, like I said, I can't be a feminist. I enjoy being a wife and a mom and doing, like, wife stuff and girly stuff. You know, but it's like this image, the image, the wrong image is coming to my head because I'm, you know, like I said, I'm old school Southern. I'm not leaving a house without earrings, you know.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Do I believe in my woman power and women should be um, equal on some things? Yes, but it, it's its definitely an a internal battle between my Southern how I was raised, what I believe my um, core values versus other things, you know. Um, So, like I said, that's a whole other but interesting show. The internal battle of Valencia continues. (laughs) So, you know, because it's really something to think about because if you think about, okay, you're – You're a wife, you're a mom, but you're also a very, you know, successful businesswoman, but you're also a beautiful woman. So it's like, so I'm sure you like to, you know, get, get yourself made up and stuff like that. And if you say, okay, well, I'm a feminist, it'll give the whole movement, quote, unquote, a whole different look. Because I do think that people or women that would not consider themselves feminists have this one picture in their head of an angry single woman riding a motorcycle with a cigarette hanging out her mouth, or maybe it's just me. So um,
1: Yeah, I mean, like and I- that's, of course, that goes back to, you know, just getting educated on the feminist movement and the different types of feminism. Because, I mean, to me, from listening to you, it sounds like you're just a liberal feminist, um, you know, Versus some of the other ones, and that's you know that's fine, and um, you know you know how it is with all stereotypes. There there are always going to be some uh, right. There's always going to be some imagery that comes with a word. <laughs> I'll put it that right. way. True,
0: true, true. Uh, I'm gonna definitely do some research on that because I like knowing stuff, and that way, if I say I'm not something, um, I want to be as close to 100 percent sure as possible. So your nonprofit, B2F, let's talk yes. about that. What's the mission, the mission and the purpose behind it? Tell us a little bit about B2F.
1: I sure will. So, okay, it's interesting that um, B2F Girls initially started as a, a mentoring program where when I moved to the um, Atlanta, Georgia area, I saw a need. And so I started focusing on um, just the esteem and, and leadership qualities for girls. And so I started putting on these monthly workshops, and they were free workshops for girls ages uh, 10 to 17. And at the time, we were not called B2F Girls. We were called Tween Style Power. And so we, enfo- we focused on empowering girls with healthy body image and esteem and leadership tools. And so with each of these monthly workshops, we helped them at the library uh, we would um, bring in different experts from various industries, and they would cover an array of topics from teen dating to um, full-fledged um, business plan drafting. And so after a year of um, this model, we started getting an influx of women who were asking us, well, you know, what can we do to, to launch our own girls' empowerment program in our states and in our cities? And they wanted to do something similar. And so um, I decided at that point, reluctantly, <laughs> that I would be this, I would raise my hand and I would be the person who would um, create a guide and a, and a successful program model that they could um, emulate and then begin running their own program. So then that's how Tween Style Power became b to f Girls, and we shifted from working directly with girls to um, empowering and equipping women who work with girls. And so now I help women to launch their own um, programs, and I provide support services. Um, We have a membership platform, and, um, again, we offer certification and training so that they can be effective. And we've had a lot of success. Um, Many of our women have gone on to not only launch their programs but to also um, gain contracts with school systems, which is really awesome, and to really affect change in the in the schools um, because we know schools that can't cover everything, and right. so um especially a lot of our black um, girls are really needing mentorship and uh, mm. needing someone outside of their parents who can pour into them and give them guidance, especially with applying for college, dealing with you know boys and all that crazy the hormone stuff you know. <laughs> And just really focusing on their goals, uh, they need someone outside of their parents that they can actually talk to who's certified and trained in how to coach. And then our parents need it too. (laughs) We've been doing a lot with parents and parent workshops lately uh, because a lot of our parents, they will come in those sessions, and I kid you not, they will be sitting there like, do you think you're talking to my daughter? Because you're actually talking to me. Which let me know that women, a lot of women, still need healing. They still need healing, and they still need to go through the process. So it's just been empowering um, overall, these 2 f girls, uh, from there, uh, we've done campaigns at the state capitol. Um, we, we, we started the tween uh, star awards where we were recognizing girls uh, for their accomplishments in various cities. And um, we have ZoomCon where girls can come and get empowered and hear and, and not have to, you know, not have to search for this information, but the information is all in front of you because the experts are in the room. That was powerful. Um, then empowering the, the parents who attended. It, I mean, it was just amazing, and I'm so excited um, to even be in the position to uh, just empower women to empower girls and to just lead the charge um, for change. And that, there's, there's too much for me to to, <laughs> to list on this show about b 2 girls, but you can
0: tell my passion, right? Right, and that's, that is... We need more of that, like I understand um mm, it's kind of like you want you want to hit the the hit the parents and the kids at the same time because honestly when you as i'm just glad I'm grown because I couldn't imagine right. being a teenage girl growing up um these days with social media um photoshop um and the role models they have, it's like, let's get half-naked and cuss on social media so we could get a show. And so they really don't have, um, you know, when I grew up, I looked up, I had Whitney Houston, and this was way back in the day. She was a good girl then. You know, I had <laughs> Shaka Khan and, and Tina Turner, and they were powerful, sexy Um, But, you know, like a different kind of sexy Like powerful, sexy women Owning it without being half-dressed And naked So what I um, Looked up to or had to look at You know, was very much You know, powerful women It wasn't so much half-naked Women That's, you know Cussing and acting a fool So I only could imagine That as you know as the world grows and as your uh, organization grows that you might you have to not pivot but you know you kind of have to address some of the issues that's going on today as far as what the kids see absolutely absolutely i'm glad too because woo i didn't have to deal with any of this stuff <laughs> do you do you find it harder um, do you find it harder at versus when you first started the the girls, the young ladies you were addressing versus now? Um, do you think it's harder now because it's, you know, every year it's, it's more outlandish type stuff that's really being seen a lot, honestly.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I tell people all the time, even when I work in the school system,
0: that you can just
1: tell um, from year to year just how fast and expediently things accelerate to the point that you can't keep up sometimes. You're like, wow, what's out now? I remember um, just maybe a couple of years ago when Snapchat came out, <laughs> and all of, the, all of the parents were like, "What's Snap, what? <laughs> and so it just takes a while to um, – because every time we, we get used to a certain social media, for example, uh, they've you. already come up with something else. They've already moved on hmm. to something else. Remember Vine? There's- remember everyone was doing Vine? Yeah. <laughs> and and they then once the out. old heads, right? Then when the old heads got on that, they shifted, they pivoted, as you said, and they said, okay, you on that? Well, we we're not doing that. And it's so funny because they moved on to Snapchat. It is so funny because um, I remember vividly uh, one student saying to me, "Why is it that people on Facebook only take uh, pictures from the shoulders up?" <laughs> <He> said, <laughs> old people, even all those old people on Facebook, they always take shoulders up pictures. And it's because their generation is so used to full body shots on Instagram and, and, and snap wow. photos and, and videos on uh, Snapchat. And so they're like, what is up with all these shoulder shots? <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. Wow. Something I never would have thought to look for, you know, being from the Me older either.
0: generation. Me neither. And it's, it's funny, like, I know... Um, you know, with my son being twenty, I know like I'm not allowed on Snapchat because he's there now, and it just seems uh, like so just crazy to learn. But so with Instagram and now it's like how do how you don't know how to use Instagram or Facebook? You know, anytime you move, but it's like pretty soon I'm expecting, and he's on some other stuff, so they're already coming up with other stuff. Since, you know, I'm the, sure. you know, since the quote unquote older generation is now, a lot of people are moving to Snapchat. So there, I saw something on his phone the other day. I was like, oh, what's that? You know, then of course, mom, get off my phone. I'm just trying to see. But when, when, as we migrate to where they are, they run to some, yeah. oh, something else. So, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very interesting. Uh I still I I can't with Snapchat. By the time I get it, they'll have two, three other things that everybody is doing. I just don't know about Snapchat yet. But um so I know we, we hit on a couple of things and I love too that you are addressing the parents because one of the things that I've seen um is a lot of times with when you're dealing with the kids and you're trying to build these young ladies up. And, you know, I have nieces and cousins, so, um, you know, I do know like that little girl, young lady perspective. But when you build them up so much and they're all feeling good about themselves on and so forth, and then they still have to turn around and go home, sometimes to a very negative mom because nobody ever taught her how to love herself. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean,
1: we see it all the time. It's just, you know, a matter of being able to reach. And sometimes it's so heartbreaking because as much as you see those things happen, you can't reach everybody. And that's why I got a sense that what we were doing by um, taking a step back and, um, you know, because some people, they were like, well, what happened? Why would you stop working directly with the girls? And I was like, because (laughs) there's also a a huge gap where parents, (laughs) right, adults, are not being impacted, and then I just feel that if I could do this on a, 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 a much larger scale where now I'm sending women out to kind of be foot soldiers um, to do the work in various cities across the country that we can have much more of an impact. And so some of these women, their whole focus is parents. So they're not just, you know, dealing with, um, you know, mentoring programs for girls. They're only focusing on the parents which is powerful because they are, I've, I've, I've come across some really uh, nasty moms where we've yeah. had to scale back some things like, hold up, please understand I have your best interests at heart. Please understand. Because right. some of the, I've had moms really get intimidated by the fact that uh, the daughter looks up to a mentor. Yeah. And so we've yeah. had to work through those barriers because, you know, they'll say things like, well, I'm her mom. I'm her mentor. She doesn't need a mentor. Crazy mm. stuff, right? <laughs> And the whole time you're thinking to yourself, um, you do know that, you know, there's some things she might not want to tell you. And even, even if she can right. tell you, um, you know, she might wish that you cared more, that you she, that she weren't a friend, that you were playing the role of mom instead of trying yeah. to be a friend. Um, and so, yeah. you know, there are so many stories I could tell, but it really makes a difference to have those uh, adult women um, who are sure of who they are, And who are certified and and trained to go in and work with not only the the girls but the
0: parents. I think that's awesome. I I really do. Um, Like like I said, I have nieces and I have girl cousins that are more like nieces because of the uh, age gap. But I think that is, I think that's really really awesome. And I know a lot of people, you know, my age with, you know, kids my son's age are younger. And a lot of times you get moms that compete with their girls, compete with their kids. They're trying to be their kids' friends. Um, you know, you see a whole lot on social media. Oh yeah. And um I see a lot of people doing the
1: challenges where it's like school <laughs> is younger, me and my daughter and the, those types of right. things and it's like wow, you know, and I understand, you know, some people use social media as a form of entertainment, and 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 I get all that. Um, but right. we have to we have to stop sometimes and just reflect on how this may be impacting our our children. You know, cause I let my children know, you know, right off the bat, I'm not your friend. I'm right. your mom. I am not your friend. <laughs> And it gets the mind clear. My job is to get you to a place, okay? By the time you're eighteen, twenty-one years old, so I don't have time to be playing, playing friend right now. I could be your friend really? when you grown and you live outside of my house, uh, but right now you need a mom. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to keep that in keep that in perspective and, and uh, delicately share that with parents because you're right. A lot of times they they lose grip on. Their purpose the their the reason they're supposed to be in that child's life <laughs> is not to serve in a friendship capacity it's to shirt- its just to serve in an accountability capacity um yes you you should be kind um but they should never be confused about who the parent is
0: right mm. that's a whole other show too I just wanna <laughs> somebody somebody listening to this show needed exactly what she just said about. Being your child's friend Because I promise I've seen people do it And they're paying for it now Because guess what There's no respect there There's no respect there And I'm telling you You know um, I Just like you I made those lines very clear early And that's why me and my son Don't have any issues Um, Because I feel You know I don't care how tall you are well, or old you are, you're gonna be fifty and guess what? I'm still the mama. So wow. So I wanted to that time goes by so fast. But I wanted to make sure, um especially since we're kinda of on the on a, you know, self esteem um empowerment, people feeling good about themselves. I sixty two pounds. That's like yeah. a twelve year old, eleven <laughs> year old, like what <laughs> That's a kid. You lost a kid. (laughs) Yes, I
1: lost a kid. I lost a kid.
0: So I have so many questions. Okay. So number one, congratulations. Thank you. What? What? What was that moment like? What did something happen and click, and you was like, "I just gotta lose weight." Did it happen on accident? Um, Like what? What was that jump start to get you to lose weight? So
1: I honestly around this was this was around the end of May. I was I just got to a point where I just said, you know what, this I'm looking in the mirror and I don't recognize myself. I literally mm. did not recognize myself. And I do believe that day that I woke up and kinda of just snapped out of it mentally. And I was just having a conversation with myself in the mirror, and I was like, you know what, this is not you. Not only is this not you, you know, dropping this weight isn't even about you. You have a flock of people who are waiting on you. They need what you have, and no one else can give them what they need like you can And so I had this exhaustive list of reasons why I could stay in the predicament I was, but what it really Mm -hmm. boiled down to was fierce, the word fierce. And I got convicted because here I was, you know, I was looking like, well, I've done. I, I was looking, listing out my accomplishments, you know, well, God, I've been, I've been featured in this magazine and I've been featured in this magazine and I earned my doctorate degree from North Carolina State University and I've been selected as Who Who in Atlanta and you know, I was going through all this stuff, like that was going to excuse me. You know, sometimes we think our reasons excuse us. And so I had all the reasons, a quite exhaustive list, and they were all valid reasons, but none of those valid reasons excuse me from not having the energy to fulfill my purpose, from not being able to reach some women because of my look, just being quite honest. There are going to be some women, if you listen to this, you're not going to be able to reach when you don't have your body together. I don't care how powerful you are. I don't care what your message is. I don't care how much you know, what kind of training you have, how many degrees you have, what kind of accolades your resume reads, you will not be able to reach some women. And so that's where I was, and I finally just snapped out of it. And so that day I made a decision that I was going to post everything I ate, I was going to join the gym, I was going to post every workout, and I was going to be very transparent, and I was going to hold myself accountable in doing so. And fast forward, fast forward, I've lost all the
0: the poundage. <laughs> you you lost the kid. You lost the kid. Yes that is um and I love I love so many aspects of it. Um anyone that knows me or associated with me in any way, shape or form know periodically I'll post the pictures of when I was eighty pounds heavier. But that was like ten ten years ago to where it seems like a brief period of my life, but I know I held on to that weight a long time. You know, like if I go back 10 years and then go back, you know, years and years and years. But, and I love that you said, and that's like a drop the mic, honest moment. If some people, you know, if we're honest, if some people, if you can't be using the word fierce if you don't look, quote unquote, fierce, because people have an idea, you know? So I love that you said, yeah. it's some people that, you know, you got to be on on top of it. I don't know even how to add to that because <laughs> that that's like so. That's one hundred percent true. And you know, to be honest, you know, it's some people that uh, probably are intimidated by you and won't work with you now. So it's it's almost like a oh, two soul. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's a two. Look, sword because you can't win. You can't win. You can't uh, right. <laughs> win for losing sometimes, but. I would much rather be on the healthy side where I'm getting the benefits of being sexy, <laughs> of being fit, of being fine, of being fierce, than to have been on the other side of the spectrum where you didn't want to work with me simply because I didn't look good or simply because I didn't look healthy or right. what can I tell you when I can't even control myself, right? And so, you know, people have those thoughts. Right. And so I, my thing was, though, I was so caught up on being cute. I was, you know how it is, like I have a cute face. And I was skirting by yeah, yeah. with that that excuse. <laughs> like, nah, I'm, I'm big, but I'm deal. cute. Yeah, I'm big bone, but I'm cute, you know. <laughs> but the energy I have now, oh, my God. I feel like I'm in my 20s again.
0: And so it's been amazing. Yeah, it's, it's nothing like... Um... It's nothing like it. And I tell people, once you lo- once you lose it and you actually change your lifestyle, that's what a lot of people miss with, uh, with weight loss. When you change your lifestyle, it's so much easier to keep it off. Um, yes. And, like, I know, you know, I'm at my, quote, unquote, I call it my winter weight, and then after Christmas, then I'll drop my 5'10 winter weight and get back to my summer weight. But um, I'm still – you know, but I know my body. I know what I could do, know what, what I allowed. But one of the things I wanted to say, and I was thinking about this the other day, um, and you know have some stuff you just don't want to post because somebody might want, take it wrong, but it's a truthful statement. Uh-huh. Look, you like, uh-huh. Now, okay, <laughs> real, hashtag real talk. Now you see big girl, movements and hashtag a man wants a woman with more meat and all of those things to where I think people have taken the fat shaming to let's flip it around on the girls. That's not fat. You understand what I'm where I'm going?
1: I do. I do. You know, I live in Atlanta where
0: there's a big booty movement. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's, it's, um, You know, and I'm like, whatever makes you happy. Uh, However, when I was a big girl, there was no be confident in your big girlness movement. So, you know, I don't feel bad if I eat one hot dog or five. I don't know. It's very very interesting. Hashtag, if you're curvy, you got it going on. And if you're not curvy, you got it going on. As long as you eat and healthy, that's all that matters. So make that a movement. Exactly. Going on roll it <laughs> um okay so i I wanna hit, and I know we got like nine minutes left, so i'm gonna just I'm gonna almost rapid fire this thing uh colorism, what is colorism for those that don't know what that is?
1: Yeah, so colorism is about you know we always talk about racism, where you may have another race um you know treating you differently because of your race. But a, a lot of times we don't talk about colorism and how it plays out in the um, African-American community, which I wrote a book on it called uh, When Dark Chocolate is Bittersweet with my co-author Darlene Thorne. And it's about, it's about being prejudiced against someone who has a darker skin tone. Um, and you're within the exact same uh, ethnic or racial group, but you're still uh, targeting this person or discriminating against this person simply because their skin tone is darker. And we see it play out in many races beyond African-American, but um, it's very prevalent in Af- African-American um, community and it has been going on for a long time, and it's disgusting.
0: Yeah. And we um, – that's something that we – I don't know if it will ever go away because it's been, you know, around since people – since forever, you know, and, of course, me in the South, there's, um, you know, Creole and there's so many different terms uh, for people of various shades, but one of the funniest things is, like I said, because of the role models I had growing up, I never had an issue with my bubbly brown, but I know people that are my color Uh, that have an issue and would prefer to be lighter or people that's darker than me. Um, And I'll never forget somebody told me, and this young lady was darker than me, and she was like, "Um, the lighter you are, the more white that's in your DNA. And I was like, what? I never never heard that before. I didn't research it to see if it was true. I don't know, nor do I care. But... um, yeah, so she was like, so, yeah, people your color and lighter have is because y'all have, uh, y'all not all the way black. Like, and I was like, where does this even come from? Like, who, where did you read that? I have, you know, questions. But as I get older and I talk to more women, um, I do see where a lot of women will tell me they had issues growing up with their color. Did you feel – um that maybe some girls didn't like you because you, you're, you know, fairly light?
1: Um, I think sometimes growing up we didn't put a label, we, like we didn't have a label to put on it, even though
0: the, the term has right.
1: pretty much been around, I mean, been used since the 1950s. Um, I don't think we, we knew what we were dealing with, and we couldn't really articulate or pinpoint what it was. But in retrospect, I mean, I do, I didn't really, I, I, I didn't really receive a lot of reverse Um <laughs> discrimination uh, but I did see mm-hmm. it play out with some of my doctors and friends we all know that colorism has been researched i mean it it leads to smaller incomes I mean lower marriage rates longer prison terms and so it's a huge <laughs> it's a huge problem and unfortunately it's not really dealt with the same as um racism is Right, and that's neither that's neither here nor there i i, I don't that look uh i I have some uh contingency with that but anyway but it is a a term that everyone needs to have in their vocabulary because it affects outcomes that are serious and um i can't really i I guess to answer your question no i can't really say that i received a lot of um discrimination based on my light being a lighter um, complexion woman
0: interesting i think it's one of those things like we're not supposed to discuss that with other people. You know. <laughs> you know you know, like some some things in the uh in the black community, um we would love and I'm doing my air quotes to keep it as just discussions against you know, not against, but with just other black people. Like we don't want the world to know we're discussing these things. But um if you guys know me or whatever, you know my husband is white. So if you don't think I've asked him this question the first time the term colorism passed my ear, we've had this uh, very discussion about, you know, did he have a preference in in color uh, as far as dealing with black women? So that's another whole topic for a whole other day. Um, but we're married, so that should give you guys the answer. So fierce um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Like I said, that's like a whole. That's a whole other. Yeah, I think we got. I Yeah, we got uh, like five shows out of this one. Um, fierce and formidable movement. What is that all about, and how can we be fierce and formidable?
1: Awesome! I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so because I lost, uh, I went from a size 16 to a size. Um, Sick in a relatively short amount of time, um, of course, and I was track. I was, you know, showing people. I was being very transparent. Um, put the whole experience, the whole journey. I carried people along with me, and so women um, were just really intrigued. I was really shocked by how many women were tuned into this, um, that my my own journey, and so I created a challenge um, and a support group for women. Um, that will allow women, of course, is inspired by my own journey, but it will allow women to now embark upon their own journey and and to get the accountability and the results they're looking for so they can really manage a colorful lifestyle and pursue a life of purpose. And we know a lot of times when you don't feel healthy, when you don't feel good about yourself, it can impede um, your progress, slow you down, delay, um, you can miss opportunities, all kinds of things. And so these are only for women who are sick and tired of being sick and tired, who are ready for the accountability and who are ready to unbecome everything that's not really them. And so that's my catchphrase: mm. phrase, unbecoming everything that's not really me. <laughs> and so now I'm helping women to do the same. And so we've had a powerful show up. Uh, we have uh, over 1,200 women now, I believe, who are in the Fierce and Formidable uh-huh. uh, Women's Support Group just that fast, and they're killing it. Oh, my God, I'm so proud of these women they are killing it, and they're being accountable. They're seeing results. They're um, in, in a really good space because they're eating healthy, and we know that food affects moods. And mm-hmm. so um, part of the reason, that's another reason I cook. I like to be in control of what I put in my body. And um, it's, just, it's just been powerful to just witness so many women be impacted beyond myself. You know, it's one thing when you do right. something for yourself but when you can look back and see other women uh, getting, receiving the benefits of your journey that is empowering, it really is. That's
0: that's like awesome, especially like I so love that you documented the whole journey so it wasn't like oh, she disappeared for three months and had gastric or anything like that. You was like, you. <laughs> You know, because let's be honest, I said a lot of people are doing that these days, and it's so easy to take the easy way out, but you're like, yeah, we're going to do this thing together, and I love that. So how can we become part of the fierce and formidable movement?
1: Awesome. So if you are out there and you would like
0: to unbecome everything
1: that's not really you, you can find us on Facebook. We have a support group for women. Called Fierce to Formidable. So just put that in the search box, Fierce to Formidable. And we also, um, you can find us on b2fgirls.org, our website, um, b2fgirls.org forward slash f2f dash challenge. And you'll see the link right at the top when you get to the website, b2fgirls.org.
0: Awesome. And guys, I will make sure that's posted on the Find You Radio. Page, so you guys could figure out how to be fierce and formidable. start now so that way your twenty one your twenty eighteen goals is already taken care of. you have a book also with that if I'm not mistaken coming Yes, out? I have
1: a yes, I have a book coming out I have two books coming out <laughs> um the first one is called um well since we're already talking about fierce and formidable fierce and formidable I have a book and workbook that are coming out uh in December. Um, the, work, the workbook will include inspiration, meals, recipes, uh, things I used on my journey, um, and a book that will address you, the person, about personal development and business goals. And the uh, other book is called Black Girls Here. I have some amazing co-authors. It's an anthology where we talk about the untold stories of black women and our experiences of being marginalized and dealing with the complexities of intersectionality where gender and race
0: intersect. Really excited about it. Mm. And both of those are dropping next month, correct? Yes, in time for Christmas. Yay, and they could find that. um, Do you have like a pre-order website or something? Like how should we, okay, cool. What is it? So I could make sure I put it on.
1: So we also, um, you also can order the book at b2fgirls.org. Um, When you search at the top, you'll see a drop-down called Products, um, and you'll see a drop-down called Fierce and Formidable. For the Fierce and Formidable book, click on the Fierce and Formidable link. For the um, Black Girls Here book, click on Products, and you'll see Black Girls Here right under the Products
0: tab. Awesome. I'm listing it now. dropping. And also when you – that's a good Christmas present. I'm just saying, guys, yes. if somebody's listening, give me something for Christmas. I know I have heard I'm hard to buy for, but I'm a reader, and I love stuff. So, yeah, just check it out at b2fgirls.org. And, yeah, books are great gifts. Definitely give me that. When they release next month, can you make sure when you post it on social media, you tag me in? That way I could also post it on the Define You Radios page for everyone to see in case it slips their mind. They was like, oh, okay, yeah, the book. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. You still with me? Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Well, it has been a great show. Is there anything you would like to leave the audience with tonight?
1: Yeah, I I would like to encourage the women who are out there building, who are out there um, on their grind. Uh, Just remember, because this is something that's always stuck with me, Rome wasn't built in a day. And so if your body's not where you want it to be, if your business is not where you want it to be, if your career is not where you want it to be, just remember Rome was not built in a day. And just enjoy the process and become the woman that you know you can be, and you'll begin to attract the resources that you know are yours.
0: Hashtag amen. And we could find you at b2fgirls.org and on social media at Dr. I know Dr. Shakina Moore. And Dr. Shakina what's your Moore.
1: Um, the other handle is b2fgirls. Um, I have a lot of handles now, <laughs> but those are the main <laughs> ones. And also um, you can find me online at
0: com. Awesome. I will make sure I list it, guys. You definitely wanna stay connected with her. Anyone that is willing to talk about being a gender advocate, to being fierce all the way to colorism, she knows a lot. I'm just saying. So thank you so much. It has been a great show. I've learned some stuff. I'm definitely definitely gonna look up feminism because I have questions. This way I'll be armed and equipped with my questions. So You have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for being on the show. Happy Thanksgiving to all of those celebrating it. To those who aren't, you have a great week also. We have had a great month of show. Thank you. And for that, I am very thankful. Think over what you've learned on this show and the shows for the past month and let us know what you are thankful for in 2017. Thus far, the year is not over yet. Pens and Papers Down. Class is officially over. Make sure you join us next week, same time, same place. Have a great week, and remember, only you can define you. Thanks for listening to Define You Radio. Class is in session. Connect with the show at www.defineuradio.com. Pens and Papers Down. Class is over.